Welcome to the Running is Life podcast. I'm Coach Aaron Saft, and today I'm talking about my goofs in this past week. I figured I would do a screen share and uh, give you guys uh, an overview of what I've done this past week and how I goofed up. <laughs> um, let me start with giving you a little bit of back history here. Okay, so... Um, if you've been following my training on Strava, you'll know um, that I was supposed to race the Cabin Fever 50K on February 17th in West Virginia. And um, I should also say that um, this episode might be helpful to watch on YouTube so you can get the visual. Um, right now, I'm sharing my screen um, with Training Peaks. So the YouTube version of this would be extremely helpful for you so you can see everything because I'm going to open up my runs, go through them and what was going on, um, the stress it created um, and what I did wrong. Uh, so you can kind of um, follow along there. Uh, you can, you know, of course, listen, take what you can from the audio. Uh, but like I said, suggested for this episode is to go over to the YouTube channel and, and perhaps watch this video so you can see. My runs, you can also see Training Peaks. If you've never used Training Peaks, super helpful tool. Some really cool stuff in here. Uh, it's what I use with my athletes and myself. Um, most of my comments are in Strava because that's where you guys see it. And it's helpful, uh, I hope, for, for you guys to see um, the workouts and what was going on, all that kind of stuff. So I try to put more comments in Strava because you can't see my Training Peaks. <laughs> training Peaks is not um, a public platform like Strava. So... Um, that said, cabin fever 50k sprained my ankle about 11 miles into the race. Obviously, you can see um, I got to 19.2. What happened was I got to the aid station at about 13 and a half miles, tried to continue to see if my ankle would loosen up. Um, by 16, it was starting to defer some pain into my knee and my hip, and I had to pull the plug and just kind of hobble back to the aid station, thus giving me just over 19 miles for the day. Um, right call. It was definitely the right call because my ankle kind of came around pretty quickly. Um, I took a few days off, uh, and you can see here, um, by Wednesday, uh, after three days off, I was able to go for a run. Now this run, if I bring it up and you can see, I'll bring up the map here. Um, I actually was able to get in a, a trail run. This is, um, uh, by me in Mills river. Um, this loop here, you can see I had some good vertical gain. Now, what I did here was I used a pretty, um, pretty substantial angle brace. Um, it's a lace up. It's very structured, lots of Velcro straps to give extra support to the ankle. And I also used my poles, um, to give me support for that ankle. Now, what was going on with my ankle and why I decided to come back a little bit earlier, just to talk about that for a minute. Um, so, um, the ankle itself was felt like something was out of place. It felt like there was something that was in the joint, uh, you know, a bone that just was out of place and it wasn't mobile. It wasn't moving. Like I felt like it should, I get that feeling every now and again. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I, I had been working on it to kind of mobilize it. My wife wanted to be real, um, gentle with it, not get, you know, and, and really into the ankle and try to pop it or move bones or anything like that. So, um, we just let it kind of do its thing. And so by here, by this run, 
I felt like it was moving again where I could, you know, I could go out and run. I took it super easy. Okay. So um, if we go back to the summer, you can see 12 and a half minute pace, just took a really easy, uh, my max pace, uh, 708, it was probably on a downhill. You can see that again, if we go back to the, um, yeah, you can see the, uh, it was probably right about here <laughs> on a downhill, just kind of coming down. And I, I wasn't going fast on the downhills. I wasn't trying to be aggressive. Um, you can see some of these pitches get pretty steep and you just start going naturally. So um, I was being real cautious, uh, very um, uh, deliberate with my foot placement, right? Um, using my poles for support. And um, it, it went okay. You know, I didn't have any pain um, in the ankle, which was great. I was, I was very happy about that. It started to feel like it was moving again. So that was awesome. Um, and, you know, not having to recover from the 50 K I was able to kind of, you know, get my training going again a lot sooner as well. Whereas if I had had the cabin fever 50 K yeah, I probably would have had these three days of down where I might've done some walking, maybe some treadmill hiking at incline. Um, but you know, it really would have been, you know, very similar to that. And then this first run back probably would have only been about 40 minutes to an hour, depending on how I felt. Um, zone two, right? Um, pure recovery effort. But, um, you know, again, because I didn't have that, you know, 50K on my legs, I was able to go a little bit further, which brought me to Thursday. And uh, Thursday did a regular run, you know, just an average run. Um, the, uh, the pace obviously was a little bit quicker on this one. Okay. If I bring up the analysis, you can kind of see what I did. Um, so I went over to Foster Creek. Uh, Foster Creek is a small pocket of national forest, not far from my house, about two miles from my house. Um, I ran there on the roads. It's two miles of roads. And then you can see, I'm going to blow this up a little bit. You can see this little pocket. That's actually national forest, all that green there, that little area. That's uh, Foster Creek. So um, did little bit of running in Foster Creek. It's not much elevation gain, not very technical. Again, wore my ankle brace, brought my poles. Okay. Um, and that's why my pace was a little bit quicker. Okay. 957. Um, and then, um, you know, just shy of a thousand feet of gain in nine and a third miles. Okay. Um, if we go to my heart rate, um, you can see spent about, um, 28 minutes or so in zone two, about uh, just over an hour in zone three. So that's why I say it's a regular run. I had, you know, a mix of zone two and zone three, um, eight seconds of zone four. <laughs> so did really good about keeping my heart rate down. Didn't really get into zone four much at all. I was wearing my chest heart rate strap for this. Okay. Um, so that's the, the data from this, um, this run here. Okay. So super easy run, just a regular run, nothing special. Um, you know, single track ankles doing good. Pretty happy about that. You know, so not nothing too big from these two days, right? Not much stress. Okay. Um, then Friday, I wasn't sure what the weekend was going to bring. Um, I was traveling to New York on uh Friday night. We were driving to Blacksburg, Virginia, and then Saturday, we were finishing off our trip. So I wasn't sure what the weekend was going to present to me so far as availability to run. Um, we had some family obligations that we were going up north for. And I knew my time would be limited. So um, I wanted to to get something in. 
that had some decent climbing. So um, this one is my medium long run on Friday. Okay, so you can see it's almost 12 and a half miles. Um, again, pace 1304, but the reason for that, I had 3,000 feet of climbing. Okay, um, let's see. I'm trying to remember. Uh, no, I didn't wear my heart rate strap on this. It would pop up here. Uh, did not wear heart rate, just went for a run. And then um, here, you can see the climbing. Very similar to um, the route I did previously. Um, I found a new trail. And uh, that was actually this descent right here. You can see it kind of highlight on the map as I go down the, the hill here. That was a, somebody's building a new trail. Um, it, uh, it's off of when you start, um, I'm sorry, it's actually, let's see. I was on this trail right here, uh, which is a ridge trail. And um, Nathan Franz and I were running the other day and we saw this trail that just kind of went off to the right. And we're like, oh, what's that? So I decided to take it. And that's what this downhill is. Brings me back out on, um, for those of you that know, Forest Road 5000. Um, seems like a really good climb. I'm actually thinking about going back out there tomorrow um, and just doing back and forth between um, the, uh, there's there's a climb right from the bus stop as you enter the area. Those of you who don't know, forgive me, but there's a good climb from there. And that takes you right up to this trail that somebody's cutting in and it brings you back down. So I'm thinking about just going back and forth on that and getting like a good vert day. Um, my friend, Zach Dean, also one of my athletes, um, is doing SCAR this weekend and asked me to do the back half with him, which is not the climbing half. So I have to be a little bit careful about how much I do Um Thursday, because that would be Saturday, potentially Saturday night that I would be helping him going from Klingman's Dome um, to uh, the finish at Devonport Gap. Um, so um, got to be careful what I'm doing, but still, I want to get my training in. Um, effort wouldn't be too big, uh, but I'm going to talk about how I'm feeling and what's going to go into that decision. It may be a, a you know, a, a run day decision. Um this run used, you know, my nutrition like I planned to use for Heartbreaker and for Hellbender. I was doing a flask of um, Morton 160 um, every hour and a half. And that, so that's about, I guess, 17 or 18 fluid ounces plus 160 calories. And then I was alternating um, a spring Canterbury gel or a Morton 100 gel every hour is the way I was, I was doing it. That's what... Um, um, I came up with Meredith Terranova, uh, sports nutritionist. So, um, so that's what this run entailed again, ankle fine, doing okay. Good run. I was very happy with it. Felt good on the climbing, you know, feeling strong. Um, pole work is feeling good, feeling comfortable with the poles. So, um, you know, good run there, but again, you know, that one was a little bit more stressful. Obviously, if we look at total time, I was out there uh about two hours and 40 minutes so a lot of time on feet now again remember stress is created by the duration of the run not the not the distance of the run but how much time you're on your feet okay that's what the body recognizes is how much time you're actually exercising so a lot of time here okay not this is the beginning of where i went started to go wrong okay so note this friday okay friday is beginning of where things started to go wrong <laughs> um now luckily i've caught this and we're going to talk about, you know, all the way through here to, you know, to where I am today. You can see the, the today run. Uh, we'll get there. 
but you, what's in between, you'll, you'll see, I created too much stress in too short of a period of time. Now, this is one of the things I said, don't do. <laughs> and uh, and as, as I told you in that episode, when I talked about, you know, uh, pitfalls of our training, I fell into one of them. Uh, I, you know, I make mistakes too. It's, you know, uh, a lot was going on. And I'm going to say, you know, some of these runs were just needed and mental. Uh, it, you know, the, the family matters uh, that I had to deal with. Uh, my, my grandmother passed away in, you know, open honesty. Um, I was going up to New York for her funeral and I was dealing with a lot of grief. And so running was definitely helping me process everything that was going on. Um, it was allowing me to be um, there for my family, be strong for my family, keep a smile on my face to try to make everybody else um, feel, uh, you know, that they could get through this too. Okay. So um, with that said, um, we traveled Friday night, got in late Friday night. Um, I had an early wake up call on Saturday. Um, I got up or well, I shouldn't say early. I got up around, I don't know, seven so that I could get some sleep. Um, you know, the big thing here is, um, you know, with me is that I usually have to get up early to run as you're going to see through some of these other runs. And, um, I lose some sleep because of that. So, um, Saturday I decided to do a progression run. I was in Blacksburg, um, the Huckleberry trail for anybody familiar with the Huckleberry trail runs between Christiansburg and Blacksburg. Um, I hadn't been on it in so long and I used to do so many workouts when we lived there from 2003 to 2007, I used to do a lot of workouts on that and it just felt like, you know, doing something and, uh, you know, decided to kind of just let it naturally progress. Now I was wearing my heart rate strap here. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but a progression run, if you're familiar or not familiar, you're just gradually building the effort, right? So the pace is you know gradually dipping. If you're on a flatter uh, run, if you're on a mountainous run, it's more your heart rate is gradually building over the course of the run rather than the pace. Because obviously, if you're on a trail, if there's a lot of climbs and descents, it, you know, pace is going to be all over the place. So it's more about the effort about the heart rate. And the same thing happened here as I'll show you here. Um, uh, let's see. So uh, you can see my max pace got down to 654. I averaged 756 for the run. Decent run from where, from where I'm at, right? I haven't really been doing much in this, in this regard. Um, just been kind of doing a lot of zone two, zone three running. Um, now, like I was a little bit concerned. Okay. Again, you know, I had done a medium long run the day before, two hours and 40 minutes, a lot of stress. Here I am coming back with uh, an hour 35 and doing 12 miles in an hour 35. So, you know, substantial amount of, of effort here, right? Because I'm putting in a lot of distance in a short amount of time. So a lot of stress there as well. Um, the heart rate, you can see how much time I spent in each zone. Um, not much time in zone two. I spent a lot of time in zone three. And as I progressed into zone four, spending, you know, just over a half hour in zone four, haven't really done that in a while. Okay. Good to do every now and again, you know, touch on these paces. Uh, I could tell I hadn't, or these efforts, I hadn't really done this in a while uh, and kind of made me recognize I need to do a little bit more, uh, but I have to be careful because again, you know, I, I'm, I'm stacking a lot of fatigue right here. Okay. Uh, so going to the, the analyze page, uh, you can see. Okay, I'm going to hide um, the this purple line is power. I don't really care about power. 
Uh, also going to hide cadence just so you can um, see a little bit clearer um, how my heart rate, you can see it kind of, it's, it kind of gradually, gradually gets, you know, higher and higher, right? Because that's the effort. I'm increasing my effort over the course of this run, as did my pace. You can see my pace uh, kind of correlates other than, you know, this, this uphill at the top where my pace dropped a bit to accommodate for the uphill. But for the most part, it, you know, we've got this steady line, this steady progression of pace and heart rate. Okay. So, you know, solid progression run. I was, I was quite happy with it. Um, you know, uh, again, you know, based on where I was, um, I, I use the uh, Topo Atmos. So not the fastest shoe on earth. It's what I had with me. Um, and it, it felt fine. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say it felt clunky or, um, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it didn't feel like it was really hindering me in any way. Uh, probably not the, the best shoe for, for moving at speed, but, um, you know, that's what I had. So, so anyway, um, that's, you know, give you the overview, um, of that workout. Okay. Um, so again, you know, pretty, um, pretty tough, pretty tough run. Okay. So that's the progression run. That was Saturday. So I went from a progression run. Um, so medium long run Friday, progression run Saturday, and Sunday was my long run. Now I had been, I had communicated with one of my former athletes who lived up there and I said, Hey, I need some vert looking for a place to go. Uh, what would you suggest? And, um, he suggested this section of the long path. Um, this section I'm very familiar with. I grew up in this area. My dad lived just a few miles from the terminus of this, um, turnaround point. Okay. Um, so, you know, I was, again, I was really familiar with this trail, knew it well. Um, I, you know, I, I texted my dad cause he was already up in New York. I said, Hey, any snow on the ground? He said, no, yep. Yep. It's, you know, no, not, you know, not maybe just a little bit here and there, but not much. Um, knew this was technical. I knew this was a technical section of the trail. So, um, it had some concerns obviously, you know, with the ankle, um, I had my poles with me. Uh, so, and I had my ankle brace. So, um, you know, I, I, I just had to be careful. Um, so showing you the run, you can see, I started about 4:45 AM. So I started in the dark, right. Um, I knew I had to get this done. I had uh, breakfast with my sister and, um, needed to get back to the hotel so that I could get the family and we could go to breakfast. So I had to get this done. So, um, we got into New York kind of late the night before, um, kind of sacrificed some sleep just so I could get up and get this done. Cause I knew I wouldn't have time any other day, but I really wanted to get this, this in. So, you know, again, sacrifice some sleep, not the, not the best thing, honestly, not the best thing with having, um, you know, everything that I had done the previous two days. Um, but it was the situation I was in. Um, so here we are, right. Um, so started out on the trail in the dark and, um, snow almost out the back, you know, it was right off the bat. It was snow, snow on the trail. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, it was cold. It was real cold. Um, I think it was under 20 degrees. Uh, so I think I started, it might've been 17 or 18 degrees when I started. So pretty chilly and, um, kind of moving, doing my best, you know, to, to move through this. Uh, you can see, uh, total elevation gain right here, uh, 4,900 feet. So pretty good climbing for an 18 mile run, um, was slow going, you know, it, a being dark B being technical C with the snow 
And then, you know, me just being cautious, I just was, you know, going pretty slow, 1455 pace, just, you know, just creeping. Um, and what happened was uh, I got to maybe mile, I don't know, uh, maybe mile six and I, I slid and my pole snapped. So I broke another pole, uh, which was disheartening because I was only six miles in. I had um, obviously 12 miles to go on a very technical snowy run. And um, I only had one pole and I was trying to use the one pole, but it just was throwing me off. So I just put my poles back in my, um, my quiver. I was carrying the, the Solomon quiver and uh, you know, just went poleless um, and, and, you know, kept moving forward. It was okay. Um, if we kind of look at the, um, the elevation profile and let it pop up here, you can kind of see, um, you know, um, some good climbs and descents, right. Uh, you know, on the way out and back, um, definitely had some up and down. Uh, it's, um, it's a beautiful Ridge trail, um, this portion of the, uh, um, of the long path. Uh, now, you know, this here, this, um, you can see Walker Valley right there. Um, my dad lived up here. Um, that's where I grew up and, uh, he since sold the house, but, um, the trail actually, you know, comes up here. I didn't quite get to the road. Um, I was kind of on a time crunch. So, um, spent as long as I could out on the trail and especially given those conditions, um, knew I had to turn around and get back. So actually moving back, um, you know, it actually felt pretty good. Um, I was moving you know, pretty decently. Uh, nice thing about training peaks is you can actually go back and, and kind of see, you know, those, those miles and see how you're moving. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so, um, moved well, but again, another big effort. This is three days in a row of big efforts. Friday being the medium long run, um, Saturday being the progression run, and now Sunday being a long run. Okay, a lot of time on feet here. So we're talking over, uh, let's see, uh, seven and a half, you know, almost eight hours of time, um, between three days, right? So, um, well over two hours a day, a lot of time on feet. Okay, so a lot of stress here. Um, dealing with grandma's, you know, wake funeral. Uh, so a lot of emotional distress. So stress from that, um, you know, it's just a lot going on. Uh, so it, you know, um, I felt okay on this run though. Uh, that, you know, that said, I felt okay. Um, but you know, could tell that, you know, I wasn't really too peppy, but I, I, my legs weren't too bad. So, um, so long run there. I had planned on taking Monday off. I was Monday was going to be an off day, but with everything going on and my grandmother's funeral right in front of me, I needed to run and I needed to get out. We were staying in Middletown where I grew up, where um, you know I went to high school and stuff. And I just told my wife, I think I need to go out and run. I kind of felt some anxiety. Um, definitely wanted to, to kind of think through some things, some things and kind of let some things just out of my mind, um, and process them on a run. So, um, I went out what was supposed to be a recovery run. Now I threw on my heart rate, but I really didn't pay attention to it as I should have. I just went for a run. I, I just felt like I needed to get out there. This should have been a day where I stayed zone two, honestly and truly either a day off or stayed in zone two, but I did not. I'll show you the heart rate data here. You can see I was primarily zone three. 
with touches of the now the zone four and five here is due to a connection issue at the beginning of the run i'll show you that in a second but um i was primarily zone three so kind of goofed here another another goof <laughs> um they going too hard um on what should have been an easy day so if i go to back here uh, you can see at the beginning on a downhill um heart rate was spiking and it, it you know it was just a connection error so that's where that zone four and five comes from um if you look at the rest of the run i was primarily zone three um and you can see the zones if i hide and i'll hide everything else and then here's my zones so this is another cool feature of uh of training peaks um now that that may be hard to see but zone three is right in here this kind of um you can see how it makes those lines. Um, okay, so if I give you a little bit more of a highlight, you can see I stayed pretty much zone two and zone three. You can see how it taps into those other zones, okay? But not much. I didn't really get too high. I kind of stayed mid-zone three. I was just running, but again, I should have stayed zone two. So goof on my part. That was, you know, not, not what I should have been doing, okay? Um, side note, I did get to run on... Um, on my high school track, um, this is my high school here. That's the uh, the actual track itself. Um, the little curves, I I picked up some trash because um, it should be a big oval. But the track is beautiful. Oh my goodness, they did a wonderful job. When I grew up, it was uh, a paved track. It is now an eight lane rubberized championship track. It is beautiful, absolutely beautiful facility. Very jealous. <laughs> um, but it you know it was a nice run. Um, I got a lot of time in my head, uh, a lot of time to think. I tried to get in touch with my old high school coach actually and seeing if I could, you know, catch up with him. It didn't work out unfortunately, but um even still, um it 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 was what I needed. Um uh, it was what I needed that day. Um mentally, not physically. <laughs> so um again, another day. So again we had medium long run, progression run, long run, and what should have been a recovery run, but what ended up being a regular run. Okay. I, I labeled it recovery run just so you understand that should have been a recovery run, but in, in actuality, it was not. Okay. Um, so um, wanted to get in something on Tuesday, and this is where I really, really messed up. Okay. I should have, again, just done an easy run because of all the stress that I had created over the weekend all, and everything that I had been through emotionally, just a lot of stress. Had to get up early to do it. Had to wake up at five in order to get it in because we were traveling back to North Carolina yesterday. Um, you know, I'm recording this here on Wednesday, and um, you know the, but you know I I just I don't know I like had it in my head I want to do this and um, that you know I know better I do and you know the the problem with coaching yourself sometimes is uh you know you just you do things that are stupid sometimes and this was a stupid thing. <laughs> Because I've had, you know, four days basically without recovery, uh, without true zone two or day off, right? I've been pushing, pushing, pushing. And here I am day five, now throwing in a workout, okay? So this is the this is the pinnacle of my stupidity right here, <laughs> okay? So um, I did a workout called the Halftime Fartlek. Um, it's on Strava. You can see it. Uh, you can see what the workout was. Um, quick description, you do a five minute um, at about 80% max heart rate, probably about seven RPE. Then you get half of the recovery. So you get two minutes and 30 seconds recovery. 
Then you go four minutes at about maybe 80 to 85% maximum heart rate with two minutes recovery. Then three minutes at 85, yeah, 85%, um, then a minute and a half recovery. Then two minutes at about 85 to 90% of maximum heart rate. And then one minute recovery. And then a one minute interval at about 90% max heart rate and then cool down. Now I had a good long warm up and a good long cool down. You can see I got in about 10 and a half miles of running in about just over an hour and a half. Okay. Um, if I go to time and zones, um, you can see I didn't spend much time in zone uh, five. Okay. Um, this is about 15 minutes of hard work. Okay. So, um, you know, if you add that up, it's about 13 minutes in zone four and zone five. Uh, so, you know, spent a little time in gray area in that zone three, zone four borderland. Um, it's first, it's really my first workout back. Um, and I can feel that I had like no turnover whatsoever. Did this in the Atmos as well. Um, coming off of all of the other fatigue, um, turnover was okay. I didn't feel bad. It was a pretty good workout. I could just tell I didn't have a lot in me to go fast, um, which is frustrating. Uh, and that's kind of what I've been feeling lately is the frustration of not being able to touch speeds that I'm used to. Um, now, um, you know, what happened afterwards after this workout, and I can kind of show you this piece real quick, um, just to show you again, I'm going to hide some of the, the frivolous data. Um, the reason I, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why that didn't see hide and hide. The reason I hide power, let's just talk about power for a second. Um, there is not a good way to measure power of a runner the, you know, at this moment, there really just isn't because power is generated from our muscles and on a bike, it's mechanical. We can see how much force we're putting into a pedal. Okay. So there is something to measure there because we have a mechanical force that we can measure. Whereas in running, it's the force that's generated from the muscle. And we can't really measure that, especially since we run on different surfaces, uh, you know, with different shoes, you know, it just changes so much. So power is not a good metric to measure with. Um, so that's why I hide power. Power is just not something runners should go by at this time, you know. Um, it's uh, and I heard somebody talking on a podcast recently. I think it was the Doctors of Running, um, and uh, the host. She was saying that you know she wears the Stride Pod, and it varies so greatly from shoe to shoe, right? And from surface to surface, it just it, it you know it doesn't the metrics don't pan out, right? It just doesn't give you the information, the valid information that you're looking for. So that's why I hide power. I don't go by power with running. Okay. So simply here, you can see the intervals. They're, they're pretty easy to see. You can see the five minute, four minute, three minute, two minute, one minute, and you can see how they gradually get harder with each one. So, you know, mission accomplished. I, you know, I had a decent workout, uh, you know, it was okay. But again, I'm creating another day of stress, right? So um, here we go. One, two, three, Four, five days in a row now without a down day, without a true off day or a zone two run, right? So we drive back yesterday. We get in late last night. I get in bed after 11 and then I wake up at five to go for a run. Now, that was my first problem. I woke up at 5 a.m. after a short night's sleep, after a long day in the car, after a workout. 
all that should have said, just sleep in, get as much sleep as you can, get as much recovery as you can, right? But in my feeble mind, I decided that I needed to get a run in. That's what I needed. I didn't need anything else. I needed to get that run in. And that was wrong. I was wrong. I should have slept in. And if I didn't get a run in today, that probably was the best thing. Now you can see in my mind when I was out running, I, I started out and my legs just felt like bricks. And I was like, oh, this feels awful. I couldn't find my, um, my strap for my heart rate. But you can see as I went here, um, my average pace was 11.01. So super slow, right? This is, you know, I, I, you know, very low zone two. I may even been high zone one because I was just shuffling. This is a shuffle pace for me because you look at the elevation gain, 154 feet. I was on my road. It's completely flat. It's dirt. Okay. But based on how I was feeling in those first few steps, I probably should have just turned around and went home. I, you know, I, this, yeah, there's benefits to doing a, um, you know, a jog, a recovery jog, you know, you're getting fresh, um, oxygen, fresh blood to the muscles, kind of clearing things out, hopefully, you know, getting it, but as fatigued as I was, was, I should have slept in, I should have just taken an off day based on how many days in a row I've gone. This is where you start to ride that fine red line in training between too much fatigue and injury, right? That's that's the direction that I'm heading if I keep going, if I keep pushing, right? So um, I put a question mark here, split recovery run number one. Like in order to get in volume, sometimes you split your recovery run so that you can get in more volume. So the intention here would be that I would get this run in the morning. You can see I, I ran for 55 minutes. Um, and then the, what I would do is this evening, I would do another run. Now, ideally, I want to separate these runs by at least six to eight hours. Um, if I was purposeful, I'd separate it by at least 12. That's true recovery there, especially for recovery runs. Um, the way I am feeling, I am not going to do a second run. I will not be doing a split recovery run today. I will just take off because of how I felt. Um, so again, biggest blunder here. I should have slept in, should have just taken the day off and let the body recover, right? If I looked at my Koros app and, you know, I had, it, you know, it says the body is fatigued. You know, it's, um, you're overstressing, over pushing, over training, whatever word you want to use, you're doing too much right? Like that's, that was there too. And that should have sent off red flags and just been like, Hey, Aaron, take a day off. You need it. Right. But in my mind, I'm so used to just going out and, and training and pushing through, right? That's the habit that I've created. And that's the habit I need to break. It's one of the pitfalls that I talked about is taking the recovery days when you need them. And I should have known that. And I should have done better. And I should have had that discipline to say today should be an off day today i should focus on my sleep that is part of the recovery process and i should have prioritized that but i did not so again i stress to you when you look at your training and you go back just as i went through what i just did and you start to see how many days in a row you're taxing the systems and not having a recovery day and i mean a true recovery day by either a zone two run or a day off right? And a zone two run, you know, it's, it's just a easy short run. 
right? And it depends on what your volume is as to how long that should be. What should your recovery look like? How many minutes should you be out there, right? Um, so when you look at that and then you look at how many days you've been going, is it worth the day off? Is it worth sacrificing sleep to get up and try to get your run in? In my case, it was not. And that's why I brought this up, right? I want you to take away from my mistakes, okay? So I hope in your training, when you look at it, and, and again, that's why I love training peaks. I'm going to close this for a moment here. Uh, and I'm sorry, like I said, I, I don't have heart rate data on this one, but that effort, this was primarily zone two, if not in some zone one. But when I see that, right, when I see that 1101 pace, that sends up a red flag. Holy cow, that's slow for me. Sorry, I don't I don't mean to, you know, make fun of anybody for, you know, if that's your normal pace. I'm sorry, that's that's not my intention here. That's slow for me. Right. My zone two pace is down in the nine minute range. OK, that's that's where my zone two is. If I'm on a flat dirt road like I usually am, I should be in the nine minute range. But here I am at 1101, almost two minutes slower. That's a red flag. I am tired. I am fatigued. I need downtime, right? So look at your variables. Look at these things and determine what, you know, what's going on. Um, you know, when I see this uh, on one of my athletes, I, I definitely check in and say, hey, you know, this was a lot slower than what you're usually doing. Are you really tired? Are you okay? Oh, no, I was just running with a friend and they were going slower. Like that, you know, I want to make sure that these paces aren't sending up a red flag to say, oh, we're overtraining, right? This is a sign that I'm overtraining. Okay. So look at these variables. You know, we can control this. We can do better. I can do better. I need to do better. Otherwise, I'm not going to be absorbing any of the training because I'm going to be too fatigued to do so. If we're too fatigued, all of the stimulus that we put on it just creates more fatigue. And we slow down. We don't make improvements. So again, look at your variables. Look at what you're doing. Look at your time frame, right? So that's why, you know, I wanted to go through all of this with you. So you don't fall into the same traps and do the same stupid things that I'm doing right now. <laughs> so what does this mean for me? What should I be doing, right? What should I be doing? So um, tonight, I should prioritize sleep. Prioritize sleep is the biggest thing, Right. I'm not going to wake up early tomorrow morning to run. If I have time tomorrow, I may do just a short recovery run. Again, zone two, because what my body's telling me right now is that's what it needs. It doesn't need more stress. What I was talking about earlier about going out and doing the climb and descent and doing repeats on that, it's probably not what my body needs, right? I need recovery. So I need to just go back out tomorrow if, if I run and just do flat on my road, stay zone two and recover, focus on recovery, if I have time. Because you can't be stressed about fitting in your run all the time, especially for a recovery effort. I talked about this with my athletes last week um, on one of our Zoom calls. You have to prioritize what's the most important, right? Is it creating um, another run and finding time for it? If that's stressing you out, then it's not worth trying to fit in a recovery run. Take the time off and do whatever else you need to do Use it as a recovery day. Uh, again, that's what my body's telling me I need is a recovery day. So tomorrow may just be a day off for me where I focus on sleep, I focus on good food, and I focus on hydration. My hydration has been really good. I'll admit, you know, due to the funeral and stuff, being around my family, my, my, my nutrition wasn't great. I got back on it yesterday. 
um, on our travels. As hard as that is to do, I focused entirely on making sure my nutrition was good and my hydration was good. I took a lot of naps yesterday in the car while my wife was driving, but you know, I need some solid sleep in order to get true recovery. And that's what I'm going to do tonight is get solid sleep. Perhaps tomorrow, just take the day off because I want to help my friend on Saturday. I want to help Zach. So, um, so that's, you know, looking at what's ahead. Also, I have to remember, I've got heartbreaker coming up, right? There is a, you know, this will be a big effort this weekend, right? But heartbreaker is not my goal. Heartbreaker is a 50 miler that I'm just going to go out and experience. I'm not racing it. I, you know, I just want to go out there and be on the course experience, have a good day. Um, if I have a great day, that's awesome. That's great, but it's not my intention. Um, I want to, I want to be there for my friend this weekend. That's my priority. He asked me to be out there and that's more important to me than heartbreaker 50 miler. So if I sacrifice a little bit, to, you know, to help my friend, I'm happy to do it because I really want to be there for him. He's done a lot for me. Um, he's been very supportive of me as a coach, as a friend, and I want to return that. So I want to be out there for him. So again, you know, it's, it's making sure that these next two days I do whatever I need to do to recover so that I can have a good effort this weekend and enjoy the time out on the trail with my friend. So um, that's, that's me trying to prioritize my training, trying to prioritize uh, my running. Okay. Um, yeah. It's going to create some more fatigue, right? I, I know that. So um, this week can be a down week because you see my maximum volume phase starts on the 11th. So I'm okay to take a recovery week here if I need to, to, to reduce my volume because my volume is going to increase for the next six weeks from the 11th. You can see all the way down. Oops, I'm going to take that off. That was for something else. <laughs> um, so um, my taper isn't until the 28th. So, uh, or excuse me, the 26th. So, you know, I've got, got a decent amount of time here, a big block, one, two, three, four, five, six, about six and a half weeks in the maximum volume phase. So I have plenty of time um, in the volume to build my volume. And that's what my intention and my focus is going to be is on the volume. Um, I'll do some progression runs, some strides just to kind of touch on other speeds. But the reality is I'm going to focus entirely on the volume and making sure I'm recovered from those efforts because I'm getting really close to Hellbender. Okay. 10 weeks out to Hellbender. Um, I know that sounds like a decent amount of time. It's two and a half months. It will go by in an instant. And so I want to make sure that in this phase, I'm getting in plenty of good volume, but I'm also recovering. And that means listening to my body and watching my metrics. Where is my resting heart rate? Okay. That's one metric I always tell my athletes I want them to record is their resting heart rate. And now, you know, your app should give that to you. If you're where you're watched to sleep, that's, you know, it's a great thing to watch. Just making sure that your resting heart rate, your average is not staying elevated for too long. If it's staying elevated, uh, you know, three to five points higher than what your average is for, you know, five or more days, it means that you're overtraining, you're pushing too hard, you're not recovering. And again, that's when we're going to miss the adaptations because we're in a fatigue state, right? We make the adaptations in our recovery, right? And that's what I'm not allowing to happen in these last five days. I created a lot of stimulus, but I didn't allow for my body to absorb it because I didn't allow for the recovery. Okay. And part of the recovery is your sleep. So prioritize your sleep. Okay. I hope you took a lot away from this episode. If it creates questions, by all means, you know, let me know. 
Um, I had a great question come in from Ron. Ron asked me about maximum heart rate. He had um, done a race in which uh, it yielded, and he was wearing a chest heart rate monitor. It yielded a higher heart rate than what his maximum suggested in his Coros app. Uh, now that's possible. That is entirely possible. You know, a lot of times we just use the calculation um, 207 minus uh, 0.07 times your age or, you know, 220 minus your age. Sometimes we just use those to kind of generate um, kind of an estimate of what our maximum heart rate is. Uh, now, you know, so he said, is there anything I can do to, you know, check this? And yes, there is a great workout that you can do um, here. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up. Um, uh, I think it's under time trials. This is my workout library. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Um, again, those uh, that are listening to this, um, you know, you may want to check out this part if you're interested on the YouTube video. Okay. Um, but here's the workout. Okay. Uh, the description says at a track, do a warm up mile or two, followed by a mile at tempo pace, then gradually increase your speed over 400 meters before running a final quarter all out. So you run 400 meters, gradually building the pace, then you run another. 400 meters all out. Okay. After every hundred meters during the last 400 meters, look at your monitor and accelerate. Um, this is uh, from Roy Benson. Okay. A great coach. The highest number on your monitor will close, uh, will be close to your maximum heart rate. Okay. So the great thing about um, training peaks, um, Strava, uh, Koros is that it will yield that number for you. You will see what your maximum heart rate was during that effort. Okay. So if you do this workout, okay. Um, then there you go. You can find out what truly is your maximum heart rate. Now, again, I stress, please use a heart rate monitor strap. Okay. Um, I know that everybody's turned on to these new Koros armbands. Um, what I'm seeing is that it's um, reading lower than what it probably should be. A lot of times due to optical heart rate, it reads higher. This monitor specifically is reading lower than what it should be. Um, a lot of my athletes are getting so much time in zone one, and I know they're not in zone one running, okay, especially at the paces they're at. So it's it could be reading lower. So careful with the technology. Optical heart rate is not as precise as the chest heart rate monitor straps. Okay, so make sure you're wearing your chest heart rate monitor strap, that it has a good connection, that it looks like it's accurate for what you're running. Okay, become familiar with it before you do something like this to make sure that you know where your heart rate typically is at those type of efforts. Okay. So like, don't just buy one and go out and do this workout, become a little bit more familiar with it prior to doing this workout. Okay. So that you do get your maximum heart rate. Then you can base a lot of your training, you know, as I kind of discussed, where is my actual zone two? Where am I running zone two? Now, of course you could do this in a lab. Um, exercise physiology labs will do maximum heart rate tests. They'll do max VO2. They'll do lactate testing. Uh, they do a million things. So um, you can find these numbers out. Is it essential for training? No, not necessarily, right? If you're running off of rating of perceived exertion, it's not necessary, right? Um, but if you want to find out for running in your correct heart rate zones, it would be good to have an accurate, um, you know, an accurate number to go by. Now, doing this once is, is great. Doing it twice will yield a better result because you can see 
if you got the same result. I wouldn't do it obviously back to back. I would give yourself like a, a maybe you know two weeks in between, and you know do it a second time and see what it yields and see how close they are, and then maybe even average the two. And now, okay. So, um, great question from Ron uh, about max heart rate tests. But um, but there you go. That's the that's the workout for you. Okay. If you have questions, again, let me know. Happy to help. Um, and um, yeah, that's about all I have for this episode. Um, I really appreciate everybody and your time, uh, you know, and, and all your questions, comments, uh, for sure. I uh, appreciate you all. And I will talk to you next week. Until then, keep moving forwards as running is life, my friends.